Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Time for the Wichita State Shocker Men's Basketball Coaches Show with your head coach, Greg Marshall, presented by your hometown Chevy dealers. Now let's go live to AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley at the corner of 13th and Greenwich Road with the voice of the Shockers, Mike Kennedy. Good evening. Welcome to Shocker Coaches Show Night at AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley. And I will acknowledge it's pretty cold outside, pretty bitter cold with that North Kansas wind. But it is warm here in AJ's, and Shocker basketball is hot right now. The women's team, five out of their last six. Keith Adams will be here at 7 o'clock with Steve Strain and Greg Marshall alongside the Shocker men's basketball team with two one-sided wins last week, most significantly an 80-61 to 61 road win at Oklahoma State yesterday. So, Coach, welcome. And, and certainly last week we were talking about a disappointing performance against West Virginia. The two games last week give you some encouragement that your guys are listening and moving in the right direction. Absolutely. It was, it was almost a 180 in terms of uh, the, the beating that we took at the hands of West Virginia down in Cancun on the glass. And, with, from an effort standpoint with loose balls to what we did yesterday, Sunday, in, in uh, Stillwater against Oklahoma State. I thought our guys responded well to some four practices that week. Uh, the Central Arkansas game is hard to tell, but against Oklahoma State, certainly you're going against some top-flight athletes and, and guys that are as big or bigger than, than we are. So I thought we responded beautifully and uh, handled the pressure very well down there and just shot lights out. I thought we had some really good performances. You know, you were up seven at the half. It was one of those games that felt like it could have been more. There were a couple of little things here and there where you easily could have been up 11-13. And, you know, you kind of wondered if that might give them the opportunity to, to make a little comeback, but you just really jumped on them right from the beginning. Yeah, of the, the beginning of that second half was fun. That was it was good to see the guys flying up the court and playing with confidence, uh, sharing the basketball. Um, Tyson Etienne, um, Eric Stevenson, Trey Wade, uh, Jamarius Burton all made big shots and big plays as we kind of just put the game away midway through the second half. I, I had no idea uh, we, we would be able to do that, but I, I was just hoping to squeak out a one-point win down there. But our guys did a wonderful job of building that lead ultimately to 29 points. Uh, and, 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 you know, we have to mention that likely the point guard was out for Oklahoma State. I think he's got mono. But um, it was his second game out, and they've lost two in a row without him. But he's a tremendous player, but I'm not sure he, he makes up for the, for the deficit that we had him. You know, and, and sometimes you bring up something like this, and it, it looks like uh... – sort of making excuses or looking for a silver lining. But to me, you have to also look at the fact, and, and this is not a certainly a, a harsh criticism, but Dexter's not playing nearly like he can right now. So you not having Dexter Dennis playing like he can is somewhat like them not having likely at all. There was that factor involved. Yeah, Dex is, Dex is in a little funk, and uh, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to figure out what he can do to, to snap out of it. I think he needs to see the ball go through the basket. And uh, I, I'm going to encourage him that when, when I see him again tomorrow, 
uh, before practice, go and sprint and get a layup in transition. You know, get get an easy one. And that's what he needs to have happen. And then, then the next jump shot might go down, and then his confidence will start brimming again. But uh, he's so athletic. We need to get him in the in transition and get out in front of someone. I, I love watching him run the court, and, and he's, not, he's not doing that at all uh, right now as well. You know, in the first half, you took the seven-point lead, but half of your shots were from three-point range. It seemed like you were having a little bit of trouble other than those first minutes when Jamie was in the game scoring inside. You came out right away, got him a couple of baskets right off the bat in the second half, and then from there, even though he got in foul trouble again, both Asbjorn and, and Poor Bear got you some buckets inside. Yeah, we, we, our, we really had some nice uh, set plays in the second half in particular. Uh, Jamie's uh, one of my favorite plays was his his shot fake and he got uh, your Ane to go for the shot fake put it on the floor and I mean he brought the house down with that dunk um, and he, he made at least one three if not more uh, in the game so I thought it, it, the set plays to get us the easy ones for poor bear for for uh, Asbjorn as well as some open jump shots in transition and what led to some of those three-point shots were, was our good offensive rebounding effort in the first half. You mentioned we, we took a lot of threes, but that's a great time to take a three when you get an offensive rebound and that defense is sucked in. You know, and mentioning that, there were some plays that kind of gave you a feel for where your guys were mentally and how you were playing because at least three times and maybe four, you got offensive rebounds, and at least a couple of them were balls that were wrestled away from somebody off the floor, and they end up, you end up getting a three-point basket out of that extra possession. I thought uh, Poor Bear had an offensive rebound that was nice. It led to, a, I think, a three by Tyson Etienne. I thought um, Eric and JB early on were really good at going to the glass, and if they couldn't secure the rebound, they were tipping it out and just keeping it alive. And we were, it seemed to be quicker to the ball. The ball was bouncing our way. And um, that led to some open threes as well. So if you can't secure the offensive rebound, we like the guys to just touch it and, and alter its path so that then maybe we can come up with the, the trash as it, as it leaks out from the, the, the perimeter. They went to a press fairly early in the game and in the second half, felt like not only were you attacking the press but found that nice balance of going through the press looking to score but not getting sped up or forcing things at the back end well the first couple of times we almost got 10 second counts we beat it with like one second to spare so we needed to be a little more aggressive and when teams press us what what i was taught and what i try to teach my team is we want to turn that into a scoring opportunity just use the pressure against them to get great looks. And we did that very well in the second half. We were moving the ball crisply, and we were finding uh, guys up the sideline. And then we, you, ha you usually have numbers when you beat the press. Well, we will continue with Coach Marshall. A lot of good things to talk about. As the Shockers come off their win at Oklahoma State, 8-1 and one on the year. We'll be back to AJ's in a moment. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show, Wichita State. With just one game this week, that's at Intrust Bank Arena on Saturday late afternoon against the University of Oklahoma as the Shockers try to sweep the two Big 12 teams from the Sooner State coming off a win yesterday against Oklahoma State. A little bit of news from today. 
Jamarius Burton is a member of the American Conference Honor Roll this week for his two performances last week. And Tyson Etienne is the American Athletic Conference Freshman of the Week. And we'll throw some numbers at you. But, uh, you know, you look at JB... And typically those honors go to somebody that scores a bunch of points a lot of times. He, had, he did average 10 points in the two games, but eight point, seven points yesterday, eight rebounds, 11 assists, one turnover, and three steals without scoring a bunch of points, basically took over that game yesterday. He really did. And I mentioned in the post game, uh, I thought he was the toughest player on the court. Uh, it, it, it's JB. It's, it was um, JB is a tough kid. He loves to do his work. You know, in that key area, in the lane, he loves to get in there, and he made a short jumper uh, midway through the first half, it seems. And But the play, I thought, just typified his afternoon is he literally took the ball from Resnick on, an off- on a rebound. We had made a shot. They defensive rebounded it, and he just took it from him and laid the ball in. It reminded me of the play last year when uh, Rideau from South Florida did it to Poor Bear down in Tampa. And we talked last week about there were you had some concerns about guys trying to do too much on their own as far as the shots they were taking. He was actually one of those guys. Some of the success he had early, uh, he, he tried to carry over against South Carolina, West Virginia, maybe overdid it. He mentioned that himself yesterday, but obviously took it to heart and adjusted his game this last week to doing that when he can but not forcing it. Uh, and we talked about this uh, not a couple weeks ago. It's amazing, and I'm, I'm learning this now, 22 years in as a head coach, 35 years as a coach. Kids, one of the hardest things that they have to deal with playing college basketball at this level, coming from prep school, junior college, high school, whatever it is, is shot selection. Not knowing when to shoot, when you, because it used to be so easy. Now it's not so easy. Are, are you going to force a shot up? And he did that a number of times against West Virginia, JB. But t- the other day, I didn't see any forced shots on his part. We may have had one or two. You know, I'm, I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't looked at the whole game. I'm going I'm to watch it tonight. But uh, I've, I've watched certain parts of the game and really enjoyed going back. But I'm going to break it down tonight. And see how many bad shots we took, but it wasn't that many. We've, we've learned to get into that paint and make the next play for your teammate. And, and he's doing that. Eric's doing that. And, uh, you know, we talked about sharing the ball. You came off a six-assist game against West Virginia and then averaged 20 in the two games last week. Yeah, well, that's, you know, when we're playing well, when, when it's vintage Shocker basketball, it, looks, it, it looked like Shocker basketball to me yesterday. And when it's vintage Shocker basketball, which, which I want to call Shocker basketball, that's what we're doing. We're sharing the ball. We're moving the ball. We're getting others involved and getting others quality looks. And I just brought this up last week about how, passing is a an under underappreciated undertaught aspect of the game and i know that beyond defense and rebounding and toughness that are some of your biggest things there's nothing that excites you more and, and me too to see great passing and certainly there was a lot of that yesterday absolutely i mean the the passing is an undervalued uh skill people don't work on it we we literally spend more time passing last year and this year than I've ever done as a coach because I see a lot of our guys were deficient. I mean, we just 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 in terms of not just the uh, technique where you take a step and you extend your hands and those thumbs. 
go underneath and you snap it and make, put, put some uh, velocity on the pass. But just in terms of how to be on balance, uh, pivoting, those type things, we, we have to do it on this level. We teach fundamentals to these guys so that hopefully they can be better uh, next week than they are this week and next month than they are this month in that uh, passing you know, and it has to be a big plus this year. Last year, all of those learning types of things took longer because everybody was new except for Marcus and, to a lesser degree, Samaje. It, it seems like having some guys like JB and Eric that have been through it, it it's helping spread the word, and, and some of the new guys are picking it up a little faster this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I saw a quote. Uh, I, it might have been in, in the Eagle. Uh, I don't know where I saw it. I re- I've been reading quite a bit online. But um, – Poor Bear was quoted, the, the old sage Poor Bear. Uh, he was quoted as saying, um, we needed the freshmen this year to, to come along much quicker than we did last year so that we would be ready to go. And it was interesting to hear him say that and come out of his mouth. But yeah, he's right. You know, those uh, like Tyson Etienne, he was very solid yesterday, and Grant gave us some good minutes. Noah was okay down the stretch. But, you know, those guys, last year, those were the guys that were having to win the game for us, those freshmen. So thank goodness we do have some upper, not upperclassmen, but uh, sophomores like Eric and JB to steady the ship this year. And certainly I thought it was a key moment yesterday. The first time Grant came in, he struggled running the offense against. They'd really turned up their defensive pressure. And so without much of a rest, JB came back in. And at that point, he kind of took things over and it, it was much smoother running the rest of the Yeah, uh, Grant picked up his dribble twice. And he's got to keep that dribble alive and make the simple pass away from the pressure, away from the – iced ball screens where they really force you in the, on the sideline there and then let the offense use the pressure against them. But, you know, he's going he's gonna to learn that. And he, he hit a big three in the first half, and uh, he was, he was a, a part of the win. I mentioned the two guys that got some honors today. Tyson Etienne, 16 points per game in two games last week, made 61-plus percent of his three-point shots, also had uh, three assists in yesterday's game, uh, and is really coming along. He's just a he's pretty unique freshman. Yeah, he's, he's a very unique kid. Uh, he's very mature, super, super dedicated and committed to being a great player and a great person and a great student. Uh, wonderful young man to have in your program. But, yeah, he's a weapon. That, that three-point shot that he has, and we shot it so poorly last year. I, I remember being out on the recruiting trail. To be able to get a point guard like Grant Sherfield that can shoot that, like that, Noah can shoot the basketball. But Tyson Etienne is more of an off guard than he is a point guard. But I saw him in the AAU myself. No one sent me to watch him. We've talked about that before. I'm, I'm watching the game, and I said, man, I really like this kid because every time he shoots it, it's just the bottom of the net. And, and then I saw how hard he worked, and uh, then once I became acquainted with he and his family and learned what a great kid he was, I said, we've got to get him. And we beat some pretty good programs for his services. And, and he reminds you a little bit of Fred in the that he's he's very articulate he's very intelligent very outgoing uh you would almost expect him to be somewhat easygoing just talking to him but a really burning in there he's when we've talked about i've I've had to tell him to stop doing all the additional workouts and uh he's he's up at 5 30 in the morning and getting a workout in and then he works out afterwards at night and just 
slow your roll a little bit. You're going you're gonna to need those legs in February and March. We will continue with Shocker head coach Greg Marshall. The Shockers 8-1 and one on the season heading into the interest game with Oklahoma this week. We'll be back at AJ's. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. The Shockers come off an 80-61 win at Oklahoma State. And uh, one of the things that was a significant contribution in the second half, we've talked about a lot of different guys, but Jamie got off to a quick start, scored a couple of baskets, as we talked about, and then got his third foul right away. And I thought in the second half, both Asbjorn and, and Poor Bear really gave you some solid minutes in there. Asbjorn was really playing big. I thought he was rebounding uh, at the peak of his jump, and he was in there banging and uh, scored a couple of baskets for us uh, on, on the set pieces we talked about. Poor Bear's really starting to come on. He had a nice offensive rebound that led to a three in the first half. Um, playing with a lot more confidence, and, and, and I'm, pl- I'm more confident now in him going out as a as a power forward, and when he when he's at the power forward with Jamie or Mo, who couldn't keep from fouling yesterday, or Asbjorn, then we're pretty big. And and mentioned that Mo had a lot of foul trouble yesterday. Really didn't play very much, but he's had some significant games for you this year. And it's we've we've talked about this many times. You got caught in a situation once at Winthrop and once here your first year where you didn't have a even a second point guard. That's a that's a priority. But when you have three or four guys that size who can all play and give you minutes if somebody's in foul trouble or whatever, that's a pretty nice advantage to have. Well, especially when they foul the way they do, man. We're fouling too much and, and it's getting but but it's not an issue. You wanna you wanna see it on the bench because you've got fouls and I got somebody else I can put in. We have one too many post players right now, but uh, it, it hasn't hurt us. In fact, it's helped us. And that was our game plan. Your Ane is a very talented player. When you scout him, you go, man, not only does he block three shots a game, his offensive game's coming on. And I told the, the, the post, we're going to wear him down just with our sheer numbers. We're going to sprint the court every time, put him in ball screens, bang on him in the post, and let's just wear him down. And, uh, you know, he – they only have the one center. I mean, I don't. I guess Boone, one of the Boone brothers is the backup, or Resnick. But those guys, Resnick especially, hasn't played a whole lot. So we had them in sheer numbers in, at the five spot. You know, and and uh, got to give them some credit for the defense they played, especially the last eight or ten minutes of the first half. And so what you saw from them, what you've seen now from West Virginia and South Carolina. You're not going to see a whole lot of that the rest of the way. Certainly Houston tends to play that way. I don't know if they're as physical as a couple of those teams. And maybe Cincinnati in our conference. But you've seen about as intense athletic physical defense as you're going to see. This yeah, it's season. amazing. I mean, it's all from the Bob Huggins tree. Frank, Frank Martin from South Carolina. Of course, we played West Virginia and Bob Huggins, the, 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 the grand poobah of the whole system. And then uh, Mike Boynton who was under Brad Underwood, who was an assistant to both Frank and Bob Huggins uh, for one year. And then when, when uh, Underwood went to Illinois, they, they bumped Mike Boynton up as the head coach. So it's the same system. We played it three times in our nine games. So we're getting a little better at attacking it, I guess. But 
Now, we won't see that much more, I don't think, but we will see some very good man-to-man. But that, the way they're on the line, up the line, that's why, how we were able to come around behind them and set those, those little diagonal screens to get those guys layups in the second half by coming because the defense is so high. It's, it's, it's on the line, up the line is the terminology, but our guys were able to set screens, and we had wide-open layups. And even though you may not see it much, it's certainly beneficial to play against that. And, and certainly your guys have gotten better at recognizing backdoor cuts and different things that you can do to relieve that. Well, we're going to see VCU here in a couple of weeks, and they play a different style also. But it's, it's pressure. It's run and jump. It's, I thought we would see more run and jump from um, uh, Oklahoma State, especially when we got the big lead. But, that's, but I guess we just handled it well. Maybe they did a couple times, but we handled it. What, anything they threw at us, we were just able to make the extra pass and get those guys wide open threes. Something that, that uh, people may bring up, I don't know, but from the end of both the Central uh, Arkansas game and the game yesterday, things got a little sloppy toward the end and, and so forth. But it's, I know as a coach, while you can never condone it or excuse it, it's kind of human nature when you have those kinds of leads to, to maintain intensity all the way to the end, and especially if you're trying to get some guys a chance to play off. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, at that point, the game was over. I did want to play well towards the end. We were, we were a little sloppy, but I don't, I don't want to get the, the core guys hurt, you know, in a 24-point lead with three minutes to go. So we were able to get – Noah in there and get him some experience and and Grant played quite a bit down the stretch and Dexter Dennis trying to get him some confidence going on uh and, and I didn't empty the bench totally and get into the walk-ons but everybody that dressed from a scholarship perspective played quite a bit of minutes do you feel like that you're really starting to see some benefit from the teams you've played recently in terms of the growth from West Virginia, even through Central Arkansas, which was not the same kind of opponent, to Oklahoma State, where you're, you're really starting to see that the guys are learning from those experiences. A yeah, I, I hope so. You know, we, we'll, we'll find out. We've got another tough game coming up on Saturday, and then we've got a, another tough game the following Saturday. So we, we've, got a, we've got a great opportunity now. But opportunities are only as good if, if, if you seize them, you know, opportunities lost don't do much good for you. So the West Virginia one was an opportunity lost, and we took advantage of this one yesterday, and, and hopefully now we can get Oklahoma coming in here on, on Saturday. I mean, they, last time they played in Intrust, they gave us the business, but, of course, they had Trey Young as their point guard. Yeah, and, and you, you pointed out both accurately and graciously that they didn't have Isaac Likely, and that certainly was a factor in the game. It's also a factor in terms of how good that win may look later on when they get him back and the kind of success that they're likely to have with their full team. In well, that team beat Ole Miss by 41 points. That team beat Syracuse by 16 uh, in, the, in, in Mad- I think, in Brooklyn or Madison Square yeah, Garden Brooklyn, or something. Yeah. They were up in New York. Um, they're a quality basketball team, and they're really, really, um, if they're healthy, which they weren't, they're going to they're gonna win a lot of games in the Big 12, and, and, and I'm pulling for them every game now. I want them to be really good because we need that game to be an important game, a resume builder, if you will, towards the end. And certainly something you have done at a level that virtually no one else has done in the country 
in the last few years is win on the road. And, and you know, when you look back to last year, people may not have noticed. Certainly they knew you were better at the end of the year. You won your last six true road games last year. This is your first one this year. So those guys that played as freshmen last year, starting to get a feel for that. And certainly the NIT, winning at Clemson, winning at Indiana, and now winning at an Oklahoma. Winning at Furman. Winning, yeah. winning yeah. at Furman was probably the toughest one of all. Um, you know, I told the team before the game, other than winning a championship and being able to cut down the nets, winning on the road in college basketball is one of the best things that you can experience as a college player. And, you know, because everything's against you, the crowd, this, you're sleeping in a di different bed and all that, the travel. But our guys are starting to really respond to that and, and, and relish it. I mean, a guy, guy like Eric Stevenson, I think he prefers to play on the road. As much as he professes to love Coke Arena, and he does, I think he loves being the villain. And that's a... I know that's a, a pride thing that develops along with the pride and toughness and defense and those kinds of things. That winning on the road is all a part of that. Mental and physical toughness and more mental than anything. Just being able to tune that out and basically, you know, when things were going really well for us yesterday, I think one of our guys hit a shot and kind of looked at somebody in the crowd, didn't say anything, didn't warrant a technical foul, but made sure that that fan that had been probably saying some things during the course of the game got a good eye contact after the shot. So I brought him in. I said, listen, we're not going to do that. We're not going to uh, take anything away from how well we're playing by our antics or we're not going to get any technical fouls and all that. So that's part of it, being mentally tough. And basically the, the adage is you, when you walk off the court, you can just point to the scoreboard. That's all that needs to be said. And the things that you really pride yourself on and teach lead to what goes into winning on the road. Defense travels, rebounding, making free throws, toughness. Those things travel. Those things give you a chance to be in any game if you're making shots or not. Yeah. I tell you, an interesting parallel to that is talking to Cleo Littleton because it's ironic that we're playing Oklahoma and, and because back in the day when he was not allowed to play in the, in the, in the tournament down in Oklahoma, whatever they call it. What's all it? college. The all-college tournament. And, and then and inviting him after we beat Oklahoma that first year in Oklahoma City and presenting him with the trophy. And he talked to our guys on when, what it was for him as an African-American playing college basketball back then and how difficult it was and all the things that he was subjected to and had to hear and see and experience. You talk about mental toughness, you know. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and, and our guys, you know, you don't, you don't have to deal with that, but you still have to deal with some, some rather obnoxious verbiage <laughs> and whatnot on the road. But just to be able to go in and perform at that level with, with everyone against you is, is pretty cool. All right, we will continue our discussion with Shocker head coach Greg Marshall from AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley, but a brief timeout. Welcome back once again to the Greg Marshall Show at AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley. We are here on most Monday nights. We will be next Monday night coming off the Oklahoma game and heading into VCU. And coming up at 7 o'clock, it's the women's basketball show with head coach Keitha Adams. Shocker women have won five of their last six. Coach, I asked you before yesterday's game in our pregame interview about how you felt 
about the way your defense was coming along. You said certainly it would give you a better idea after watching them against an Oklahoma State than against some of the teams you've played. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, we're, I think, in the top ten in, as far as the metrics uh, in the country with our defense. And you know me, Mike, on the defensive end, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist, and you'll never you – know, we'll never – coach a perfect game because the other team's generally going to score but to me a perfect game is shutting the opposition out and we're um we're, we're pretty good but we're not shutting anybody out so we will continue to work on it uh, our guys are really bought in to, to and we realize especially early when the shots weren't falling for us that's how we were winning with with defense and rebounding you know something that I might not have thought about on my own, but when we interviewed Grant Sherfield after the uh, Central Arkansas game, we talked about pressing a little bit, and he said our four men are really good at helping double team on the press and when we trap because they've all got good feet and they're quick. And we're talking about uh, Trey Wade and Poor Bear at times and DeAnthony Gordon. That is a that is a factor you don't always have in trying to do that. Story. Right, and we're even playing uh, at times. Yesterday we were playing um, uh, Dexter Dennis a little bit as a, as a four-man, so we're playing a little small. But, yeah, those guys can move their feet. Um, poor Bear not quite as much as the other three, but the other three are quite athletic and can move and jump, and, and their, their lateral quickness is very good. And you mentioned that, uh, that one of the things that Oklahoma State missed with Isaac likely not being available, he's one of those guys like Fred was with the strong hands and getting the gaps. And, but you've got some guys that are pretty good at getting deflections and, and playing those gaps. Oh, yeah. I thought we were very tough on the defensive end in terms of bumping guys off cuts and beating them to the spots and listening to the game plan. Coach Lou Godino had a wonderful game plan. And, uh, one of the things we tried to do was limit the touches of Dezagua because he's such a good three-point shooter, and he doesn't scratch. I mean, that's something that needs to be talked about. I mean, that guy, he shoots for nearly 40% from three, and every year he, he breaks open a game or two with his tremendous three-point shooting, but he couldn't get a look. And certainly, again, guys are listening. I know you talked about in, in discussing that. You can't go under screens. You've got to get over the top of the screens if he gets any daylight at all, and he just he did not get any look. Absolutely. They followed the game plan, and that, that's part of the mental toughness in a tough environment where it's loud. And we can't when – the, when the play's on the other end, offensively in the first half, defensively in the second half, there's no communication from the bench. It's just those five guys out there, and they've got to communicate with one another whether whether they're going to switch a, a screen or whether they're going to ice a screen or or just shadow a screen there's so many variables and they did a very very fine job and that's where we can get better uh, in terms of our communication and, and everyone being on the same page on a, in a within a possession and certainly yesterday as much as any game you've played is maybe a situation where Oklahoma State had several individuals capable of scoring, and so there were some keys to individual matchups, and, and I thought those were executed very well. We've talked about what a great job J.B. did offensively, but he was on Lindy Waters about as much as anybody yesterday and really made it tough on Yeah, him. Lindy didn't have the, the game that he normally has, but Dezagua doesn't score at all. He couldn't draw a shocker. I saw on the, on the TV he, he tried to draw a shocker and, and kind of be funny. But, and he couldn't get a three look either, so he was an offer as far as uh, his, his uh, skills as an artist and his shooting on, on, on Sunday. But I, I thought JB on, on um, 
uh, Lindy, I thought uh, the job that the fours, we talked about the fours and the job that they did on Cameron McGriff, he's a fine player. And all three of those guys are seniors, so they've been around. Uh, you know, They were all on the team as freshmen when they came in th- a couple of years ago and blitzed us in, uh, in Coke Arena, uh, excuse me, in Trust Bank Arena. We will continue with Coach Marshall. The Shockers have a big one coming up at Intrust Bank Arena this week. We'll continue on the Greg Marshall Show in just a moment. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. And in our final segment, we're going to talk about the game coming up this week. The Shockers host the University of Oklahoma at Intrust Bank Arena, a 5 o'clock tip-off on Saturday afternoon or evening, however you choose to look at that time of day at this time of year. It's getting dark, so it's almost evening. But uh, another great opportunity and uh, a couple of things I wanted to talk about just leading into that. One is uh, why you like the opportunity to play at Intrust Bank, which has been a regular thing now during your tenure here. Yeah, we've um, we played at least one game every year. Um, Originally, it was for recruiting and um, showing the guys not only Coke Arena, our beautiful on-campus facility, but showing them a, a, an NBA-type arena where they also get an opportunity to play, usually against a great opponent. So we did it for recruiting, but then the guys really like it. They like going down there just as a change of pace. They like the feel of the, the NBA arena with skyboxes and all of that. So... Uh, there's multiple reasons, and, you know, it's obviously um, we had the two years where we lost uh, in, in grand fashion, but before that we had won five or six in a row, and then we squeaked out one last year against Southern Miss. So I think we're seven and two or six and two, something like that, maybe even more. But we, the two losses, you know, they were the, to the hands of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma in back-to-back years. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to be uh, a little better than that this, this time, hopefully. And certainly you mentioned NBA-type arena. Also, uh, with where the conference has gone, I mean, last year in Memphis, now the new arena in Fort Worth, certainly that's the type of arena, background feel and everything you're going to see in your conference tournament, and then certainly anything beyond that. Yeah, I actually saw a game uh, last week. TCU played someone in the first basketball game ever at the Dickies Arena, and it's beautiful. They, they, they did a little tour of the place in Fort Worth. That's where our, the American Athletic Conference tournament championship will be played for three straight years at least so um the the seats are gray it's a beautiful arena it's got a great scoreboard there so tcu lost but we'll um i'm sure we'll have a lot of shocker fans make that trek down to fort worth and then in addition we talked about this a little bit last week the the fact that mike boynton has been willing to to play a series and you've got another one going with them now and and lon kruger with oklahoma and i know that that's led to not just the fact that you're playing but i know a lot of mutual respect for those two people as individuals oh yeah good first of all lon kruger a, a hall of fame coach i mean he's been to final fours with multiple teams um and then on the other end you've got mike boynton who's in only his second year i think is maybe third year third year, now, yeah. third year now and uh, I, I knew him as a player. I knew when he was a player at South Carolina. I saw because you know, being a South Carolina fan all those years, I followed that program. And he was a good point guard for Eddie uh, Fogler and then uh, Dave Odom. 
and uh, just tremendous young coach, and they're going to be really, really good. Supposedly, they have the best player in the country going to be on their team next year who will be coming to Wichita and the number one recruiting class in the entire country. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting just all the relationships that were involved in that matchup. Barry Henson is now sort of an advisor who's coached against Wichita State 32 times and who you've coached against. Uh, Scott Sutton coached Oral Roberts against the Shockers. John Cooper played here and knows Earl Grant, who coached for you, knows Tyson Waterman's family. Uh, even found out yesterday, gotten to know Ben Smith in the last couple of years, who's now a GA. Yeah, it's amazing. Team. I mean, the, going down their their uh, bench and shaking hands, it was like old, old, old family week and getting together for Thanksgiving. We, I knew all those guys and have good relationship with them and, uh, I did not know Barry was on their staff uh, last year. He was a, last year was a head coach at Southern Illinois, obviously, but uh, that's where he landed. And, and uh, I, when I when I saw that, I'm thinking, man, we'll never be able to get any type of advantage with our set plays because they know <laughs> us down uh, to a T. Oklahoma this week, kind of a unique situation. They have Austin Reeves, who played for you for two years and then decided to transfer. I don't know if that's if you've encountered that before in your career or not. No, Austin's the first kid in 22 years of coaching as a head coach that we did not want to transfer, that we did not expect him to transfer, that elected to transfer. So it'll be a first. And he's having a, a good start for them. They're uh... – what do, you, what do you see from them as a team as far as style and type compared to maybe anybody you've played? Too early to talk about that one, Mike. I have not gotten into them yet. A couple of familiar names. Uh, Christian Doolittle, who you faced a couple of times, 6'7 forward, who's, who's off to a very good start for them. But, uh, but I mean, obviously, a well-coached team with, with Big 12 athletes. Absolutely. Uh, they've got the enemy kid. and They've got a freshman point guard, D D Davion Harmon, who – everybody in the country wanted we would have loved to have had him tremendous tremendous player and um do little they've got the manic kid who yeah. shot it like crazy a couple of years ago here in wichita uh, so it, it, you know it's going to be it's going to be a battle but i i'm i'm still apologize i'm still enjoying the oklahoma state one right now Okay, have not yeah, moved oh, on. I've not moved on to Oklahoma. That's, that's okay. You know, one thing. One thing about it: the game against Oklahoma and Oklahoma City last year was kind of an aberration. You haven't had many like that in in your career, and that's one that some of your guys played in. So I would think there'd be some motivation there to. Uh, yeah, do you a don't. You don't think I'm going to have a hard time motivating <laughs> the guys this week? You think they're going to see some video from last year? So uh, at this point in the early going. You now have, you had a Thursday game, a Sunday game. Now you, it's Sunday to Saturday, Saturday to Saturday. I'm not sure when your finals fall. I'm sure in here somewhere. So is the spacing pretty good as far as working all that in and, and playing games? Perfect, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's, we've only got two more games before the holidays, right? Right. And then right after the holidays, we, we start with uh, Abilene Christian and then um, Ole Miss. And ECU. And then we get into ECU and Memphis, so. Yeah, it, it's perfect. I mean, now we get a chance. we got to get through exams. Exams are going on right now. So today we didn't practice. We just, you know, relished the, 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 the win from yesterday. And 
Uh, we'll get back after it tomorrow. And then one of these days this week will be a very light day with just some video and some shooting and some skill development and not actually a full-fledged practice. And I, I'll mention to everyone who doesn't follow this sort of thing, first of all, the NCAA net rankings haven't started coming out yet. Those are the, that's the new thing that started last year that's involving a lot more than the old RPI used to, and that's the basis for at-large selection as much as anything. But Ken Pomeroy had the Shockers at 48, and then some teams the Shockers had played had lost on Saturday, went to 51. That win over Oklahoma State moves them to 38, which, you know, if that's where they are kind of in the NCAA net, that's a, that's a good position to be in. That's likely going to get you in the, in the mix for an NCAA at large. So these next couple of games, Oklahoma, VCU, certainly Mississippi coming up, are the non-conference games in addition to Oklahoma State and the two you played in Cancun that really help you position yourself for that sort of thing at the end of the season. Absolutely. It's why you play those games. You know, you, you have to win them. You have to take advantage of the opportunity. Otherwise, it's an opportunity lost. But South Carolina, you never know how good they're going to be. West Virginia, pretty pretty solid they're going to be really good uh then oklahoma state oklahoma Ole miss vcu i mean our non-conference schedule and we're right in the the midst of it now uh is is a very good one and then, then the league you know the league is a quality league again and we're going to have to play memphis and houston and cincinnati and all those teams can can beat you on any given night in tulane and tulane's one of the teams that's at the bottom of the league and they're really played well this year so far so uh, every night, man, it's, it's, a, it's a battle, it's a grind, and you've got to prepare and you've got to have your boys ready to go. And we, we talked about this with the defense a little bit earlier, but uh, it's a pretty good variety, and you mentioned VCU's a little different than everybody else. You're getting a lot of different looks that help develop a team to kind of face whatever you might have to face at the end of a season. Yeah, yeah, we, we are. And, and you, you know, as, as much as we try to simulate these d different looks, if you don't do it all the time, it's not the quality that you see in the game. But, yeah, it's, it should prepare us for just about anything with all the different looks that we've seen thus far and will see in the upcoming games. This year is kind of a unique year for you as far as recruiting. You don't, you've got uh, one senior. You've signed a guy that, uh, that certainly, but it's a never-ending process, and I'm sure that you're out there keeping your eyes open for whatever may develop. I'm leaving here and going to watch a game as soon as we're done here tonight. So I'll leave it at that. All right, and I'll let you go. So, Coach, thank you, and we'll uh, see you Saturday. Thanks. All right, Shocker head coach Greg Marshall. Again, Wichita State and Oklahoma meeting at Intrust Bank Arena on Saturday. I will just say there are still tickets available. I hope those get bought up. Uh, if you were waiting for a sign of how good this team can be, if yesterday didn't do it for you, then I feel sorry for you. So uh, let's, let's get a lot of people out to interest on Saturday. It's always a great atmosphere there, but it's even better if it's full. And uh, hope to see you all out there on Saturday. Uh, our broadcast begins at 4, tip off at 5. It's kind of a unique starting time, so just make sure you've got that on your calendar. 5 o'clock, Saturday at Intrust, and then uh, we will be back here Monday night for another coaches show before the Shockers face VCU the following Saturday. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is the discussion of Shocker women's basketball with head coach Keitha Adams and Steve Strain, and they have won five of their last six, so that should be a good discussion as well. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next Monday at AJ's with the next Greg Marshall Show.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.